Hello and welcome to the Art and Science Punks podcast, where two lifelong learners talk about art, science, engineering, technology, and how we play with those things in our lives. Well, I'm one of your punks, Rob Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hi, I'm Kate Stenzinger. Ah, tonight we're going to talk about critique for everybody. Let's just critique everyone. Unstoppable. <laughs> like critique everywhere. Critiques on the, on the sidewalk, critiques in a restaurant, critiques in an elevator, wherever. No, maybe not that much critique. No, I like the elevator. Elevator critique. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know what? You you don't have to have your backpack on still. <laughs> There's not enough Get room for it. off the phone. A, yeah. Or, uh, yeah. No. No, so, that's not what we're going to uh, do. Yeah. So we are going to um, think about and, and explore critique more from the perspective of, um, well, yeah, professional situations, right? Yeah. And um, then, of course, of ourselves and and also in the in the sort of the close ones, right? The Absolutely. Like your significant others kind of stuff. And that might tie a, a bit to our prior topic, but also uh, little ones if we... You know, or if you're if you're a parent or are working, working with, with the kids, kids there yeah. you go. Uh, how does critique work in that context? Yeah, and really, what are components or what are um, things necessary for effective critiquing? For effective critique, and and not critique in the kind of mindset of we want to be critical of anyone, um, but of helping to again guide or coach or push. Um, encourage. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah. what are we talking about with this critique thing? Which reminds me. Yes. I think I have a surprise question <laughs> for you. You had a look in your eye, like maybe there was something coming. Yeah. So we have been recording this, this podcast for 13 episodes. And I'm wondering, looking back at that, like, what do you think is working for you? And what do you think you would like to, um, to improve? It could be just be like a, a a top one or top two or three list of 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 each, any anything. Ooh, that's a good question. Hmm. So off the top of my head, off the top, off the cuff. What do I? What is working for me? I enjoy our podcast very much. So I think part of what's working for me is that I have fun hmm. sitting down and recording with you thinking through these different topics kind of on the fly. Mm. Uh, I really enjoy that process um, in doing that with you. So that to me is, I think, one of the things that I really, um, that's working for me that's going well. I like that we've started to add a little bit of structure that's, um, or we've, tr 13 episodes in, we've played around with, I think, the structure a little bit. We added picks, I think, around episode 10, and I like that. That's working for me, mm. where we've got... Um, you know, an art and a science pick each podcast. So I like that a lot. So I think those are the top, I think that's two things, the top two things that are working for me. Yeah, okay. Let me think about the what I would like to do differently while you tell me what's working for you. Oh, I, I am completely stoked to, to be making making something with you. And that's, that's fine. I mean, we make lots of things, you know, together and, and whatnot. But like... A creative creative endeavor that we are sharing, right? We've got yeah. certain things that like maybe we should put out into the world as a thing, like our candles, right? Yeah. Um, 
but that but anyway so there's it's like it's a project we're jamming and then and we're sharing it and it's something that um yeah i enjoy a lot because of that whole how that works the process of of um coming up with this how like oh, we, we figured out a podcast to make together and then <laughs> right. now then we've been then we explored it and we didn't know everything about it no. before we started well we started it um in november when yeah. that what was the challenge that you had at lean the into art, art sound off challenge yeah art sound off i couldn't think of the name of it and so that's kind of what started us is mm-hmm. to just do um kind of a weekly art sound off mm-hmm. and i think we we're well at least for me i was having so much fun it was how can we continue this and right, so I, I like that about it too, that it started with this sort of um, ex- exploration and experimentation and it's it's grown. This this definitely has evolved like like you described. So I'm, I'm really pleased with that aspect of it too, that it hasn't been a stagnant project and it's it's grown into something that seems um, beneficial and useful and to, you know, to us and for those that have been sharing their reactions and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, okay. Is there any, and as a, surprise question it doesn't have to be particularly um you know hit all the hit all the check boxes but did you have anything you wanted to evolve or Uh, well i think you know what areas of improvement obviously um (laughs) i just said um i was gonna say Mm. you know just practicing the art of podcasting Hmm. to get better at that with the speaking and enunciating clearly right there we go you know uh, reduce the number my my number of ums um (laughs) now i can't stop that's the ghost terrible the the haunts anyone who records and in a spoken way well and i should i should share i grew up uh, my father was a broadcaster yeah so i grew up in a broadcasting family so he would be mortified to hear some of these ums. So that's one thing, you know, just practicing the craft and improving in that area and how I sound, that kind of piece of it. And then I think the other piece for me, and you and I have talked a little bit about this, where I get insecure, I think is the best way to say it, Hmm. is just around um, focusing on what's the purpose of the podcast. What's my purpose? Why am I doing it? Um, I get nervous or anxious around, I need to, you know, have the message, you know, something super useful and incredibly um, well-researched or well-thought-out or, you know. The the big, magical, complete box of wisdom that you're dropping off? Yeah, yeah. So if I'm going to talk about, you know, well, tonight we're going to talk about critique. Oh, effective critique. What brings in effective critique? have I researched? Do I know what the this current, you know, thinking is on the standards, you know, and I have to kind of take a deep breath and relax and just share from the heart, I think mm-hmm. a little bit. So that's one area that I want to improve too, is, is finding that right balance mm-hmm. between, you know, well-researched and then just sharing from me and from who I am. That <laughs> there's somewhere in there, I imagine a school for podcasting where that quote is probably painted on a wall at some point. <laughs> and I, I've been podcasting for, I don't know, six, seven years now. And sure. the, the Polytechnic cast, uh, the um, lean into art cast. I've been a guest on a variety of other podcasts. Well, 
there you go. And I, and I still do the ums. I still do, I have vocal things that I absolutely want to improve on. And through the practice and exploring of this, of this medium and myself and what do I have to offer in these different contexts when I'm being interviewed or, you know, when I'm interviewing and, and, or presenting and and there's, there's just so much depth and what I, I really enjoy the practice yet. I always find there's still more things that I want to learn and remember that I learned because I do (laughs) find myself in good practice at times and then not in good practice at other times. That makes sense. Uh, maybe that's, and and so I most, I really don't have anything for the second column. It's primarily, I'm really happy to be making this. So, well, I was going to ask you because our topic tonight is effective critique. Mm. (laughs) Did you have a critique to share with me Hmm. related to the podcast? Fantastic opportunity for a modeling exercise. Okay. So, one of the ways where I approach critique is when someone asks to have that dialogue. I, I so critique, it's uh, it's a conversation, and it has this intentionality mm-hmm. to it, yep. where someone is seeking the input via observation and questions and exploration from someone else. So to me, that is the opening the door to have this exploration, conversation, and conversation. Yeah. So, uh, is there something that you're trying to, uh, achieve with this, with the podcast in particular? And how is that, how's that going with how you've gone about creating it so far? That's like a, that's an example of a question that I ask and, and am I, am I <laughs> it's like I have two channels of conversation right now <laughs> talking, I've, I've got the meta talking about the topic and then I'm also just doing the topic so is there is there something in particular that you've been that you've been working on or that you want me to observe about this podcast that you've been making so what i'm hearing is is you take the first step of effective critique is finding out from the artist their intention Mm mm-hmm because so often, and the reason I'm, I'm kind of pausing and, and, and pointing that out is so often I think when I'm asked for input, you know, somebody shows you something and says, what do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, a piece of art, um, a performance, a song, whatever it may be. And I don't think that I very often stop and ask the artist, what are you trying to convey here? You know what I mean? Like, I think that's an interesting way to approach it that I just, um, so yeah, how can you give critique if you don't know, right? If somebody plays me a song and says, what do you think? And I think it's, you know, sad and sappy and they're going for, you know, happy times. Mm. So yeah, they have their intent. That gives you some context with which to begin that evaluation and through your perspective, but like, at least you share that context to say like this is this is a basis to evaluate criteria on both sides right i mean it sounds it's an important step and it's just it's kind of striking me that it's not one i do very often and i mean okay so often and i'm i'm i include myself in this observation that 
uh, when I share something with, with someone, I, I, I want them to just feel joy and elation and right. high, high five me sometimes where I'm like, well, I was just, val- it's validation, right? I was just thinking how much it's going to bug you now because anytime you bring me something, I'm going to say, well, what is your intent with this? <laughs> What's your purpose of this piece of art or this presentation? Fair enough. Fair. And you might notice too that sometimes when I do present things, it's a, um, it's almost within an envelope of context where I'm like, well, I really wanted to get this done. I wanted to, um, this this. Um, so I'm jamming out a part for on guitar, and I'm like, you know, come listen to this. Um, I want this to be really big feeling or something, right? And so, but saying that while sharing the thing absolutely provides is, is the almost like yeah jumping into a little more specific situation than saying hey what do you think i made this thing what do you think it would be really interesting to take that conversation then because the other thing i think about a lot of times is um effective critique with the with the kids right our kids do lots of cool creative things and we are very very encouraging of you know everything they do because we love the creative process and love watching them create. But, um, the older one is getting to a place now where, you know, she can do a little more, work a little harder, put a little more effort into it. And sometimes you can tell in the pieces that she does, um, where it's just, you know, Going, phoned in. Yeah. She's yeah. phoning it in. She's going through the motions, kind of whatever the case for whatever reason. And it, and, and so how do you offer that critique or encouragement to kind of get her to dig deeper? Mm-hmm. And I think it would be kind of fun with her anyway to, to do that first step you're talking about to say, well, what's your intention? Mm-hmm. What's the um, purpose or what's the message behind this piece that you did? And see if she can answer that. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting. So thinking like uh, diving further into, into the whole kid thing, one of the first useful critiques I remember was my second grade teacher. And I I think a lot of folks find that they 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 get some kind of label early on. And sure. sometimes it's not a bad label where you're like, I like this. Yeah. Call me the artist. Right. This feels pretty neat. And so yeah, I mean I started, you know, each um, you know, kindergarten, first grade, second grade is when that that good critique came in. But kindergarten, first grade, it was a little bit more Wow, that looks a lot like Snoopy. That's amazing. You know, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Sure, and, cool. You know, is that a rocket? Wow. And just all positive reinforcement and the encouragement, which is beneficial. And I Absolutely. certainly enjoyed it. But then my second grade teacher said something along the lines of, wow, that is really, really, you know, really great work. And I was, it was, it was funny. It was like a haunted house. Oh, fun. You know, drawn in crayon. And she's like, I know that from what I've seen of how you draw, you can go further and you could put more detail into this. And roughly that was her critique, right? Yeah. Yeah. Simple, straightforward, understandable. And, um, and I was like, wow. And not prescriptive, right? Not add a bat here and draw the moon over there. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was still, it was encouraging, but it wasn't just this, this blanket of um, just positive reinforcement. And 
I, I just, I felt That's more a empowered. Great example. Like I've got a new problem to solve and I think I'm ready to go about That's trying. That's such a great example. And I like, I like the way you phrase that saying, I felt really empowered. Right. And that's what good critique should do. It should, should, it should inspire the artist to go further. At least in my book, that's what it should do. I agree. And like, I don't think I pulled this off every time I've engaged in critique, but I think of at least trying to get to some kind of common, common ground of like, well, what am I looking at? Because uh, hi, I am a person with lots of assumptions and preferences and emotions. I don't think you just want that though. <laughs> so let me ask you this. You have a lot of, um, professional, you have a lot of friends that are professional artists, creators, mm-hmm. um, and oftentimes will send you works to take a look at, listen to mm-hmm. viewing of their, their works in process and progress. Um, Talk a little bit about how you approach that type of critique, right? You've got a friend who sends you a song or a chapter from a book or some art. Hmm. Well, I feel utterly lost if I don't establish that, that, okay, where, um, where would you like to explore this work? And... Uh, for instance, if there, if that is met with sort of a what, <laughs> uh-huh. which can be the case. Um, I uh, want it to make lots and lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> How much money is this? Uh, yeah. And we say, if we knew, we would. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, tell you, wow, I hear you. I wish, <laughs> wish I knew that. Um, and I try to, I try to help start finding that that common ground of of like well what what are you looking to learn more about this and am i able to help provide that kind of exploration or what is actually interesting too is is doing and being a person where i i i am a ui user experience researcher and you know designer right. and whatnot where sometimes what you want to know is like what stands out in what i'm put, putting in front of you right now i don't want to give you any context i actually want your um, un unmessed with perspective. Oh, I'm totally using that. And what you and how you react right now? When you ask me my purpose, I'm going to say, "Well, well, what do you react to first? Right? What? Um, why did you react to that first? And um, like, what nuances stand out about that thing? And all of a sudden, you have the the possibility to dig into this." Um, you can start the exploration based on what that person who is there to provide critique is, um, is noticing and that's okay too. And so I try to open the, open that up as well. If, if that seems like if, if the whole, if it isn't natural for the art, for the artist to say, well, I'm really hoping this gets people incredibly excited about what I made in about, you know, the first few minutes because it's a pitch video. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. Or the first minute or the. <clears throat> yeah. I want it to have a strong grab. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I'm hoping it has this, um, like, you know, whatever hooker or, or, uh, and, and that, that's great. That, that, so like getting that criteria out, then I can say, okay, let me, let me, let me take a look and see how. But let's say you've been sent something or shown something, whether it's from me or from someone else that is missing the mark. Mm. 
just oh, yeah. flat out misses the mark. Okay. So. What do you do with that? That is the, the, the common advice for this is the compliment sandwich. Oh yeah. The compliment sandwich, which everyone can see through. <laughs> but it still helps the medicine go down. It does help the medicine go down. And there's a lot of good uses of it that I could share as well. But it's a ritual like a handshake or a hug or whatever. It's like, you're human, I'm human, I care. Right. And I've got some bad news. And so here's what I really love about it. You're human it. and I care. Yeah. Here's what I really love about it. You might want to think about starting over. Yeah. And Boy, I liked the font you used. You might want to put this in the trash can. That's a little extreme, right? <laughs> the starting over thing. Um, or, uh, but then again, it depends because maybe maybe it's a stage of, of uh, so a stage of comics, like you going from like rough pencil, thumbnails to, to pencil, rough pencils to tight pencils kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're almost expecting a full revision, right? So that that's less extreme than someone who says like, "Hey, I've got this blog post, a couple of illustrations in there, whatever," you know. Yeah. And then you're sure. taking that, and that's that's close to shipping. <laughs> and so yeah. if you're like, well, "That's true," let's revisit. Yeah. So it really depends on what people are asking for, and the the what is the object of critique. Did I answer that? That. Kind of. So your answer is the sandwich, the critique sandwich. Critique sandwich is a good way That's to go. That's your approach. It's a, it's a nice, nice, um, I care about people way to go. I think that's good. I like that. You know, and, and I was always taught that from a child development perspective um, when you're working with parents and you're, you know, talking about kids' behavior, you know, I mean, it was always, always, always lead with the positives. And I think that's really important. I mean, and that's obviously different than critiquing mm-hmm. someone's work because it's a human being um but again same kind of premise of you always lead with the positive Hmm. and then you know i think the other thing that a lot of us do is talking about the opportunities right so softening all of the language and talking about the opportunities okay so the opportunities um what are some opportunities that you would like to see me address in my next game (laughs) Hmm. Well, tell me the purpose and intent of your next game. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. And that's true, right? Because I could say to you, in your next game, I want to make sure that it has the world's greatest story um, that takes you on an emotional ride hey, no with problem. highs and lows. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I was going to make a puzzle game. Right. If I don't know your purpose and intent, my that is feedback. Fantastic. That there's there there is this mismatch that I think happens a lot Absolutely. with critique. Absolutely. And I think that's important to recognize because if you're receiving that critique, I think it, it can be easy to dismiss. But yet, if you're open to not dismissing it, there might be something useful there, even though the person providing the critique may not be the most skilled critic. Sure. Absolutely. Um, because they're just saying, well, I don't know what you're asking me or I, or I, I do this all the time and I'm great, you know? And if that's, you know, like, mm, like I'm not a great dancer to be honest. Right. And, and so if I'm like, someone asked me to, to critique their dance, I think that might go pretty poorly. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then if well, I'm like, yes and no, I don't, I don't believe you always have to be an expert in, in something to be able to offer guidance and direction. Hmm. Cause we know you, I give you lots of guidance and direction and things that I'm not an expert at. Interesting. So expertise isn't necessarily the, the, and if I busted out a couple dance moves and said, Hey honey, I'm going to do this at the next party we go to. I think you would be able to critique whether or not you think that's, that's a good idea. Okay. Well, okay. That's funny. So a critique, a critic does, uh, or someone provided providing crit- critical exploration and, and examination and thoughtful ref- um, um, response to a thing reactions. That doesn't have to be from the perspective of someone who is, an expert. And I, I guess I get that because especially with cre- creative works um, and honestly anything, we have a huge benefit that like you're asking someone to share w- their responses as a human being and we all have human factors. It's like, well, cognitively, is this learnable, understandable? Is it clear? Is what seems to be the um let's see the 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 aboutness or the story or what i'm trying to to accomplish does it connect with you and and you can look for those kinds of things yeah. like emotional and con- cognitive re, um relatability and especially if it's Absolutely. something that with which that you want someone to accomplish a task then you go fully into like well you can do usability style testing and so offering tools that's another really yeah. i think um great use of effective critique is again, understanding somebody's purpose, understanding their goal, and then figuring out what tools can help them even um, to a certain extent measure what it is they're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, um, is this keyboard and drum loud enough or, you know, whatever. And so you see what happens as far as how people react. No, it's kind of quiet. Um, or well, I think asking people's um, for people's feedback and critique is in anything is often a type of usability testing. I super agree. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so just even being asked, well, now you're the tester. And what's funny is that the asking of it too is another another angle. Um, I like to provide different a choose your own adventure path when I'm informally exploring. Um, getting that information. So I will say, I, I would love to hear your, your feedback, which is one category for me, your, sure. your reactions, which is another category for me and, or your critique. So what's different between those three things? Unpack that a little bit for me. So what's the difference between feedback and reaction? So, so feedback would be, um, I think the cr- critique style um, expression of thoughts and observations. And it's a lot like a reaction, but it's got more critique features in there. Okay. There may be more discrete observ- observations in like, well, what is your um, feedback on this? You're likely going to give at Talk least through. like a product review of this. Okay. Where a lot of people who are giving a product review of a thing, they're putting it on a website. They're not necessarily saying like, hey, designer of thing what were you thinking with this? Sure. And so that's critique, right? That's what we were okay. describing. Yeah. But reaction is like, this was the worst thing I've ever observed. 
and I'm reacting out of my pure whatever's on top of my right. mind. So I can this see... touched my heart. This made my day. This hurt my foot. Whatever. <laughs> I can see reactions being more on the emotional level. Yeah. There, yeah. You, there you go. And then feedback being, you know, kind of here are my thoughts about it. And then critique being more of, for lack of a better word, the judgment. Yeah. It's, it's like um, deeper... Um, yeah, deeper exploration on the critique side of things versus which judgment. Interesting. Yeah, maybe. Not in a judgy way. <laughs> no, not that I'm being judgy. Okay. No, this is one of the challenges, though, I think, with giving effective critique because we are positive and encouraging. And so I know sometimes when I'm working on something and I'm I'm asking, you know, my colleagues, you know, what do you think about, you know, this I'll just use like a chart example, right? What do you think of this deck? I've put these three slides together mm. to convey this message that I need to present. Is this the best way to convey this? And I have two colleagues who are just going to be, oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. That's great. And I've got another colleague who is going to say, no, this doesn't make sense at all. Why is this, you know, blue in this red? You're going to you need to rework this. And that's the critique I want, mm -hmm. right? But it's really hard for a lot of people to kind of give that negative feedback of, no, I'm looking at this and it's not making sense. So what is, what's present in that situation where that person feels comfortable to provide that feedback? Is it just permission they gave themselves or did you guys, did, did you have enough conversation to open up that option? I mean, I'm sure there's a trust factor in there. I think mm -hmm. some of it, though, is the person is just, I mean, they're comfortable and confident in doing that. And it's something I value with them. Interesting. Like that <laughs> critique is a big topic, obviously, right? Right. right. Like, um, I know, because I kind of thought I was wrapping up and now I've kind of then, turned yeah, left like, down the oh, street. Oh, there's a whole bunch of variables. So, I mean, we'll come, we can come back and re revisit this or what have yeah. you. But like that, that's, that's another interesting thing is that who, any person with which you're asking or providing critique, there are a lot of uh, possible variables. How comfortable are you if you're the giver or receiver? How comfortable, how comfortable are they as giver or receiver? And someone who is like really practiced is going to show up with maybe their own language, like which I'm guilty of, where I'm like, well, do you want my reaction? Do you want my feedback or do you want my critique? <laughs> I bet that goes over well sometimes. Some audiences is great. Some audiences are like, yes, I want all three. And others, it's like, wait, what? And then I'm like, well, here we then go. Then you're like, tell me your purpose. <laughs> So that's there we awesome. Go. Though. That's off. awesome. Having All a conversation. Right. Yeah. Well, I think we should move on to our picks. I think we should. And you okay. have a science pick for us. I do have a science pick for us tonight. Let me see if I can find my science pick. Oh, there it is. Um, I actually, I pulled a Rob. Oh. oh, and I have two science picks tonight and they're very related. So I have two um, technology coding um, games that I know are available on the iPad, but I think you can also play them on a desktop. And these are fantastic games for kids to kind of start learning the concepts around coding and how coding works and how um, giving those step-by-step -step directions work. 
And so one of them is called LightBot, um, and that's light like a light switch, L-I-G-H-T, bot. Hmm. Um, and that's a, a really cool, fun game where you're kind of coding this little robot dude or t- to walk around. And then the other one is just called codable.com. It's codable with a K. And we'll put links to these in the show notes, but codable with a K. And that's another very similar game. And both of them have increasing levels of complexity as as the kids um, or adults, whoever wants to, to do it, um, passes level after level. They get more and more complex and then start introducing additional concepts um, like coding within the brackets and then having that bracket be a repeatable um, direction and having to figure out what repeatable direction goes in each mm-hmm. um, scenario. And it's it's pretty cool. It's really interesting, um, very nice user interfaces to get the kids really thinking in that that logic flow way. Mm. I've seen them work. And what impresses me is that they have a uh, approachability that isn't saying, let me now sit you down and describe the sort of verbal stated syntax of logic. Mm-hmm. And instead it's more of like, this is the effect and like, how do you shape it? But it's more visual. And yeah. It's, it's visual and really it's engaging, intuitive. Yeah. but it's still teaching those concepts, which I love about it. Uh, that's, that's awesome. So, and so you fit in two. I did. You claimed you were pulling a rod, but that was pretty fast. Thank you. So I don't know. In order, yeah, I think you have to take. Are you gearing up for a really long pick? Oh, okay. Mine's pretty fast. Okay. It's um, my art pick is uh, this this game that I like to play with. um, That's that's about drawing, or it includes drawing, and and, um, it's currently mostly with our eldest right now, and it's called uh, Doodle Monsters. It's not dissimilar to some things that I do when I facilitate a workshop, because. Uh, when I facilitate a workshop, I want it to pr- provide like this open, creative, um, everyone can jump in and, and um, explore and have some kind of fun with making visual marks. Even if you run into sure. people where they're like, I'm not an artist because this story. Who where, would say where, something like that? Where some person who might not have been good at critique, you know spat in my cereal so to speak where they're like you're not an artist because i'm a grumpy artist and i say you can't be an artist or whatever and it's like that stories people every one of us have run into this kind of thing absolutely and okay here you go doodle monsters doodle monsters is is a sketch game it's a bit of an improv experience where um, you have two players at least, and then one player makes a shape that infers a thing, but then the next person goes ahead and finishes the thing. So um, a recent drawing that that um, I that we started with, or that I started with my eldest, is I made a cat shape, and like it, the outline of a cat. The, the outline of a cat, and she finished it and then added like a hat to it, and then I went and added mountains in the background and then a little bit of water. And I said, uh, and so sometimes there's prompting along the way. And I'm like, I'm like, what's in the water? Or no, actually, at first I said, what is this? To see if actually I pulled off. If you conveyed water. <laughs> if I conveyed it. And then uh, she went ahead and, and added um, actually a walrus and a swimmer in, in the water. Nice. And they were sort of looking up the, at the cat who was probably flying. 
And anyway, so we, we little by little added stuff to this big doodle scene. scene. And it was thing after thing where I, then I said, well, hey, can, can, can you make some shapes? Then, and, then I, and so we went back and forth. And the idea is you think of like an iconic-ish, cartoonish outline. Like if you're playing a game like Pictionary or sure. something like that and just do part of it, but then ask the other person to finish it. So, it's kind of like some of the storytelling games that you that you know people can do, where you know I'm going to say a sentence and then you say a sentence mm-hmm. as we build a story, but with with drawing and art. It's yeah, it's exactly that. Very cool. I love that. Doodle monsters. Yeah, doodle monsters. Because honestly, if you draw like a little squiggle and, and then you're you're like turn that that into a thing, it probably turns into a monster. So sure, absolutely. Um, and, and you know. They can. They don't have to be like rar. That probably your foot monster. It's it's more of a, you know. Hey, that's kind of delightful. Like a, like a cool monster. Maybe, maybe you want to go. You know, friendly monster. Play on a swing set with that monster. So that's that is my pick. Fantastic. I love it. Well, I think that wraps us up for today. I think so too. Fantastic. Well, we are the Art and Science Punks coming to you each week with stories of art, science, creativity, and oftentimes our stories and struggles of balancing our personal passions with our work and family. Uh, the Art and Science Punks has a blog at artandsciencepunks.com and on Twitter at artsciencepunks. You can find our podcast at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm or on iTunes if you do a search for Art and Science Punks. And if you find us out there on the podcast um, aggregators like iTunes, we really would appreciate your rating. Five stars if you're feeling it. And if you feel like tweeting this, that's always welcome. It's fun to see that out there. And we love to chat with you out in the social webs where you can find me, where I'm Rob Stenzinger on Twitter. And you can find me at Kate Stenzinger on Twitter. Yay! Yay!